We're in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be finishing uh, chapter 5 and moving on to chapter 6 next week, God willing. You can rise for the reading of God's word. Do you need a, anyone need a Bible? A Bible, anyone, in Spanish or English? If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Galatians chapter 5, verse One says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Actually, what it means is slavery. Some of your translations say that. Then go down to verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And then if you could go to verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Father, oh God, in Jesus' name, that's what I want for this church to walk in the Spirit, to be a church that looks like you, Jesus, filled with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Lord, that is you. You are that. Rid of adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Rid of that, Lord. All of that is in the seedbed of our hearts. But you've called us to a better life a life where we are walking 
in the Spirit. Lead us there, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So again, chapter 5, verse 1 begins, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which has set us free. And then if you go down to verse 13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. And Jesus said, If the Son of Man makes you free, you shall be free Indeed. So freedom from what? A lot of talk here about liberty. Freedom from what? The answer in Galatians, those are good answers, but the answers in Galatians is your free, it's freedom from slavery. Not physical slavery, but spiritual slavery, psychological slavery, emotional slavery. In fact, uh, the actual, tran well, I will say the actual translation, the I think better translation of verse one is this. It says, uh, this is the, the Jubilee transla translation. Stand fast therefore in the liberty with which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of Slavery, And so almost all of chapter four is about slavery and freedom, slavery and freedom. So when we're told stand fast in liberty in verse one and verse 13, you brethren, uh, you've been called to liberty. It's liberty from slavery. Slavery to what? Well, chapter four uh, speaks of slavery to the law. In Exodus chapter 20, there are 10 commandments, as you know, and, and, and you do not commit adultery. But Jesus interprets that for us in Matthew, um, I believe it's chapter 5. Um, he says that wh um, whoever lusts at a woman who is not his wife commits adultery. That's hard, staying away from that. Exodus 20 says, do not murder. But Jesus interprets that in Matthew, um, I believe, chapter 6, by saying that anyone who's angry at someone else commits murder. That is hard to obey that. When someone asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is, he said to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is life, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's really hard. Show me one person who has ever even done that for one day, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Bible says that, and we read it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, quoting Deuteronomy 27, cursed by God is anyone who does not continue to obey all things in the book of the law. Now just let that sink in. Cursed by God is anyone who does not continue to obey all things in the book of the law. And by the way, curse means death and hell. 
so what makes me a slave to the law? Well, I try and try and try. I fail and fail and fail. It's, it's a terrible, awful, humiliating struggle. It's slavery. And the punishment, an inconceivable, eternal, forever terrifying thing. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the Jesus says it's hell. I'm a slave to this struggle with the law. Again, but Galatians um, chapter 1, verse 1 says, Stand fast in the liberty in which Christ has made you free, us free. Again, freedom from what? Freedom from slavery, we discussed that. The Bible also says freedom from always trying to pacify God by trying to be good enough. Some of you may have had an angry father or mother, and it was all you could do each day to try to pacify them, just calm them down by trying to do what they want. It describes many uh, people's relationship with God. That is bondage, that's slavery. Jesus Christ has made you free from that slavery. What else? Freedom um, from what else? The Bible says freedom from sin. It says in John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus says, most assuredly, meaning, listen now and listen very carefully. I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. That doesn't mean that you will no longer sin. You will, but what it means is that you no longer have to say yes to sin. You can say, sin, I'm done with you because of Jesus Christ. You can. Once you have crossed from death to life with Jesus. A little bit more on that later. So all this begs the question, like, how does it happen? How does the liberation happen? How am I made free? The answer is, Jesus purchased your freedom. He purchased it. He purchased it with his blood. He said... The book of Matthew 20, 28. This is Jesus speaking. The Son of Man came to give his life a ransom. Like, that's money. It's a, a term used to pay money to a kidnapper. But a sin is, sin is worse than any kidnapper. Hell is worse than any kidnapper. Yeah, the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom, a payment for many. The Bible says that that payment, rather, let me back up. The Bible says that the payment, the punishment for your sin is death and hell. Jesus paid that payment for you. He paid it all. All for all sins, past, present, and future. In the book of Colossians, oh my, I didn't put the, oh, wow, thank you, John. 
I, did, I, th- I forgot the reference. John put it in. Thank you. It says, for by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, and he is before all things, and in all things, in him all things hold together, meaning he's holding every single atom together, but notice the first uh, line there. It says, Jesus Christ created everything. He created all things. By him, all things um, were created. So your sin problem, those, the sin that you have done in your life, the lying, the cheating, the thinking, the, the, uh, uh, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the even thinking about those things, the Bible says it says, the anger which Jesus calls murder, the, the lust which Jesus calls adultery, your sin was so serious before God that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who created all things, uh, we're talking about the, he, who created all things, for example, Astronomers believe there's 200 billion trillion stars. Jesus created a billion trillion stars. Think about it. The one who created two, uh, um, a billion trillion stars hung on a cross with nails driven through his hand and his feet on the cross to pay for your sins. That's how serious your sin was. That was the cost of your freedom. And the message of the book of Galatians, which we've been in for like nine months now, the message of the book of Galatians is that if anyone comes along and tries to tell you that you have to add something to that cross, that bloody son of God on the cross, if someone comes along and tells you to add anything to that yourself, Don't believe you have to do it. Don't believe it. In fact, two times in chapter one of this book, Galatians, Paul says, if anyone tries to tell you to add anything to what Jesus did, let them be eternally damned. That's what he said. In other words, if anyone tries to tell you that in addition to Jesus' death on the cross, you have to add to that good things that you do Going to church, being a good father, mother, sister, brother, co-worker, being in ministry, being a part of VBO this week. If they try to add anything to the cross in terms of what purchases a, a, the gift of eternity and the gift of a current relationship with God, don't believe them. Bible says that would they be eternally cursed? It was paid. It was indescribably costly. The blood of the Son of God, the blood of the one who himself created a billion trillion stars. You can't add to that. The message of the book of Galatians is if you add anything to the purchase price of Jesus Christ on the cross, you've returned to slavery. Because if in addition to Jesus' death on the cross, I have to be good enough to earn a relationship with God, I'm right back in my slavish struggle, that psychological and emotional and spiritual slavery, never knowing if I'm being good enough in order to be accepted by God. 
The message of the book of Galatians and the whole Bible really is that what Jesus did on the cross, that almost indescribably costly blood that was there for you, the blood of Jesus Christ is given to you, what was purchased rather, a relationship with God is given to you as a gift, a gift for you. And all you have to do to receive the gift is by faith, take it, receive it. Yes, Lord, I believe you loved me so much. You died for me to save me. I received that gift. I want you. I want all of you. I want all of you in replace of all of me. I receive you. I can't save myself. Please give me this gift and come into my life, God. You cry out like that in your heart, the Bible says you immediately pass from death to life. Meaning, you are saved simply by believing. You can't do anything. Jesus did everything. So now that message is really offensive to many religious people. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 21, 31 told the religious people who were just loaded up with good things that they had done in their life. He said, the thieves and the prostitutes are getting into the kingdom of God before you. <laughs> Why did he say that? Because thieves and prostitutes, they get it. They know there's nothing they can offer God in order to earn a relationship with them. So when you believe and you receive this gift, the gift of Jesus' payment for all sins, past, present, and future, when you receive the gift by believing, this is what the Bible says happens in that moment. Having believed, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, a promise. The Holy Spirit invades your life and takes possession forever. Everyone with me? Am I being too loud? <laughs> I want to transition into the next part of the message, which is rather heavy. Say, well, it's kind of been heavy up to this point, but let's start with verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Let me repeat that. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. So what does that mean, the flesh? It's all laid out in verses 19 through 21. What is the flesh? Something that you came into the world with and you got all of this. You got every single bit of it in the seedbed of your heart. It starts off, it says, verse 19 says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, which is sex, 
outside of your marriage. Fornication, which is sex when you're not married. Uncleanness, that, refer, that that's also refers to, uh, think of sexual purity, and this is the opposite. This is sexual uncleanness. So if you are one who is not married and you're like, okay, yeah, but we're okay, my boyfriend and I, because we're doing outer course and not intercourse, it's really cute. Sorry. Uncleanness. Sexual uncleanness. The next one, lewdness, refers to sort of open sexual uncleanness. So there's uncleanness, there's sexual uncleanness in secret, uh, in secret, but then there's just like you throw off all pretense and you're just like that outwardly and how you behave, how you dress, what you do, what you say. It goes on in verse 20, the flesh... This is what we were all born with. We inherited really from our forefathers, from originally from Adam and Eve. Verse 20 says, the work of the flesh is idolatry. That's any time you replace God with anything. You can replace him with your social media. You can replace him with your baby, your family. You can replace him with your job. Idolatry the work of the flesh. Sorcery, it means to uh, tamper with the demonic world. Now it is important that you understand that this word sorcery, the underlying word is pharmacia, the root word is just drugs. So if you're smoking weed, you're doing sorcery. Happy to talk with you about that after the service. Hatred. That means any gossip. You know that when you gossip, you're hating the person you're gossiping about? It means like when you, was last month Pride Month or Gay Pride Month, was that last month? That means when you see Gay Pride and you're, and you're looking at those people marching and you're despising them, you're hating them. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They're, they're beha- what they're wanting is specifically prohibited here. That doesn't, mean you're allowed to hate them. God loves them. Ah, he loves them. A billion trillion stars he created and then his back was opened up by a Roman scourge for them and then three iron stakes were driven through his body for those who are marching in that gay pride. Contentions, that means being divisive. Jealousies. Outbursts of wrath. This is one that I came into the body of Christ with, just flipping out with anger. Selfish ambitions, it means pushing people out of the way so you can go forward. That can be out in business world, that can be in ministry. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Heresies. Heresies is just making up something in the Bible that, uh, you're, you know, you're conveniently changing the wording of the Bible to accommodate your own personal lifestyle 
which is sin. You're just changing the Bible because you want to, to accommodate yourself. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And then it says, in plain English, although it wasn't written in English, right? Smitten in the Greek. He says, I tell you beforehand. In other words, this is really scary. I'm telling you before that happens, is what he's saying. I'm telling you beforehand. Just as I also have told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, what kind of person is Galatians 5, verse 13, talking about when it says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. It's describing the person who uses freedom or grace as an opportunity for the flesh, meaning Well, Jesus, the Son of God, paid for all my sins, past, present, future. Yes, the sins I'm practicing, I'm in right now and enjoying. He died for all of them, and I'm just resting in his grace, brother. God help you if that's what you're doing. Again, middle of verse 21, it says, if that describes you, I'm telling you before now, before it happens, just as I've also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The writer of Hebrews describes this kind of person in Hebrews 10, verse 29. He says, if you're doing this, if you're using the blood of the Son of God to just be comfortable in your sin. It says this of you. It says, how much worse punishment do you suppose will a person be thought worthy of punishment who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? It goes on to say in verse 31, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Calvary Chapel, you've been called to be a holy church. You've been called to look like Jesus Christ. If you're a person who's using grace as a license to practice sin, I beg you, stop 
you're being lied to, you're lying to yourself. Your eternity is in grave danger. Galatians 5.21 says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Stop mocking God with your behavior. Turn to the next chapter. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The time is now. You who are using the blood of Jesus to live whatever way you want. The time is now to go to God who is exceedingly, abundantly, abounding in mercy and say, God, I got it all wrong. I want something different. Forgive me. Come into my life. Give me the Holy Spirit. Begin a completely different work in me. Don't continue this life. If you're in this room, don't continue it. I don't see how the Bible could be any clearer. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God's not mocked. One of the things I love about the Lord, it says in Micah 7, 7, he loves mercy. He's not only merciful, as if that, if that were enough, it would be good, right? It says he loves giving mercy. He loves giving mercy to you. You may have to admit to yourself, yeah, I've been going to church for 25 years. I've served on the ministry team. I've prayed with people. But I just have gotten comfortable in my sin, in my heart of heart of hearts I know. God loves giving mercy to you. That's who he is. And I tell you, that blood of that man who created a billion trillion stars and, and had nails driven through him, that blood covers it. C covers your years of ignoring him, telling him to come back to him. Go back to him now. It's time. So now pause. Someone may say, because th these verses are, um, they're not easy. They'll look at, you know, someone may say they'll look at this stuff and fornication, by the way, the underlying word is porneo, from which we get pornography. They may look at sorcery, underlying word drugs, weed. They may look at hatred, yes, gossip, hating, 
the people who have that political agenda I hate. We look at drunkenness and maybe saying, well, Pastor Steve, what about me? I have fallen in some of these idolatry, video games, outbursts of wrath. I did that just this morning. Pastor Steve, what, what about me? Well, the verse speaks plainly. My question to you is this, in your heart of hearts, in your heart of hearts, in your heart of your heart of your heart of your heart, are you comfortable with it? Are you comfortable with your sin? Are you okay with it because God's going to forgive you anyway? Or do you hate it? Are you fighting it? Are you going to the Lord and saying, God, I can't do it. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Help me, please, God. If that's you, these verses do not apply to you. The blood covers your sin. So, Pastor Steve, what if I'm an addict? Do you hate your addiction? Do you hate it? Or are you comfortable with it? If you're hating it, if you struggle with it, th th this is not talking about you if you're in a, a struggle, a wrestling match with sin. This is talking about the person that says, I love grace. And I love the sin that is covered that I'm in. That's what the verses are talking about. If you're in a struggle with sin, if you're in a struggle with says idolatry, whatever that may be, selfish ambition, just married to your job and you can't help it, envy, man, I just can't help that really, really, really wanting what he has, she has, or what God hasn't given me. But it's a struggle for you. I have good news. And the good news is in the next verse. Verse 22. But, B-U-T, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That word self-control, that in the Greek, it's the word strong. You just have a strength against sin. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meaning you're around someone, what they're doing makes you suffer, but you do it for a long time because you love them. 
It goes on, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What is that a description of? It's a description of Jesus Christ. It's a description of what you can become if you want it. Did you hear me? You, if you want it, this is a description of who you can become. If you truly believe and receive that indescribably costly gift, that gift that was purchased by the blood of the Son of God, he made a billion trillion stars and then he took a bullet, he took three iron stakes. For me, if that's you and you believe and you receive that gift, over time, your realization of what happened on that cross will humble you. It will break your pride. It will cause you to be so thankful. You're going to want to be living a life that pleases God. And, and, and so to, 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 that blesses God, that honors God. You want to live a life in which you increasingly look like Jesus Christ. You increasingly look like this, verse 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, jealous, and self-control. Is that what you want someday? It's a life that is stunningly beautiful. I mean, think about it. Just read it. Don't just like read over it. You know, getting so fast, you're just trying to get to the end of the chapter. How long is Pastor Steve going to be in this chapter? No, it says love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is one beautiful life, ladies and gentlemen. It is not only stunningly beautiful, it's stunningly powerful, it's stunningly attractive. It will draw people to you. And listen, the Bible says it is well within your grasp by the promise of God. By the promise of God, God has promised you this. In Romans chapter eight, it says, those who God foreknew. He predestined to be conformed or made into the image of his son. That is a promise for you. And so you may say, well, Pastor Steve, I've been a Christian for five years and I, I don't see this. I've been a Christian for 15 years. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't see it in my life. One of two things is happening. And I'll close up with this. Number one, it's happening to you, but you just don't see it. Others do, but you don't. It's quite possible. But the other thing that may be happening is you're lazy. I don't know how else to say it. You're lazy. Because the Bible says that you can have it if you want it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, if you've been raised with Christ, that means anyone who's asked Jesus in your life, if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above every three months. No, it doesn't say that. 
Seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now verse four of Colossians three says this. And so when Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. But did you hear that? Christ, who is your what? Christ, who is your life. He's your life, and if he's your life, you're going to be doing what? You're going to be seeking him every day. You're going to be saying, okay, Lord, I just read this verse. It says love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That's not me. Would you do something with my heart, Lord? You seek him like that every day. Believe me, you will change into the likeness of Christ. You will become like Jesus did a whole sermon on this, right? About four months ago. David told Solomon, do these three things, you'll be good. You'll do real well. He said, know the Lord, serve the Lord, and seek the Lord. Solomon did the first two. He knew all about the Lord. He served the Lord every day because he was king. He stopped seeking the Lord. And he had a bad fall. It's come completely out of fashion to seek the Lord, like every day, every day. God, what do you want from me? Tell me what's good. Tell me what's bad. What do you want from me today? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. As I read just the last couple of verses, is that whoever, uh, whoever are in crisis, getting to this whole subject of if your life is not looking like this stunningly beautiful picture that is available to you if you want it. It says that any the, anyone, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but that's not for lazy people. Like crucifying the flesh, that doesn't sound like fun, it's, but it, it, it's part of it. This is work out your salvation with fear and trembling, meaning you got to work out your salvation, so it looks, you start looking like Jesus. The Apostle Paul, if you've been asked to come up and pray, please come up uh, and pray a couple at this time. The Apostle Paul, and wow, he, he's a picture of go- uh, godliness. He hadn't arrived either. And what does it say of the Apostle Paul? Um, Philippians, John, do we have that? In Philippians chapter three, some of you, hopefully some of you are, memorizing this for scripture memory day. It says, not that I have already obtained all this. What is, it, what is he talking about? What a, not that I've already attained all this. He's speaking about, he's speaking about being conformed into Jesus' image. You can go to Philippians uh, 3 and see. Not that I've already obtained, that's Paul speaking, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Jesus has laid hold of a life for you, Calvary Chapel, in which love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, kindness, those things are all part of the life he's taken hold of for you. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself 
yet to have taken hold of it. Listen, don't be discouraged if you haven't arrived. The Apostle Paul hadn't arrived. This is about 25 years after he met Jesus. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind and straining ahead towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, If you could all stand for a worship song now. Uh, You know, I just want to pray about if you've been stirred in any way to, to... it, but by this message, and, and, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, I've been really comfortable with my behavior, which the Bible specifically says is opposed to God. I've been really comfortable with it for a long time. I don't even know if I'm saved. Come up. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Remember, it says... Micah 7, 7 says, God loves to give you guys mercy if that's where you are. Or maybe when I said, if your life, if you've been in the Lord 5, 10, 15, 20 years and you're not seeing Galatians 5, 22, 23, love, joy, peace, peace. And, and, and when I said it could be because you're lazy, you know you're lazy. You know that's you. Well, come up. Bible says God gives grace to the humble. He, it says he exalts the humble. You humble yourself. Come up. I'll, we'll pray for you. I'll be up here. We have other prayer people up here. If there's anything else you'd like to pray about. Otherwise, let's, let's close in worship. I'm going to pray and let's close the service. Father, I pray God in Jesus' name. Thanking you, Lord, because I need this message for me, Lord. I just thank you for it. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, complete the work that you started. The moment this service began, you started it. You called us to yourself in the worship. the work that you've started. I pray this in Jesus' name.